The following is an impromptu cabin fever episode. Mike, I have summoned you down to the studio because... Yeah, I mean, you know, you got me out of, well... I got you out of nothing. You were sitting home doing nothing. That's what I want. That's what everybody believes. Yep, I'm I'm, I'm sticking to it. You're petting your dog. Gus, you and Gus were on the floor. He was on the couch with me. See, I told you. But in the meantime, listeners don't want to know. Or do they? I think they do. Gus is three this year. He's only two and a half right now. He's big. He's half my body weight. So what do you want me to come down here for? for no, 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 no. I I need you. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Scott Sandstrom, I, I, I need you. I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> no, no. What I need you to do is uh, I need you to give everybody a little therapy session. Have you been to your, your place of employment yet, your wife's company? No, but I've been to the garden center. Okay. <laughs> My other place of employment. Okay. Uh, in the phone calls and the people coming in asking for stuff, you think it was May or June, everybody needs to, you know. Calm down, slow down? Yeah, a little bit. Scott, you got to understand. I mean, let's play a little psychologist here now. People have been crammed in their houses for, what, two and a half years now? I know. I've been crammed, too. Well, yeah, but you've been doing things. I, I mean, a lot of people, they're, they're picking their noses and they're running out of boogers. What do they do? They want to go out into their yard. And now you're, you're, you're bitching because they don't, there's not enough left to do? No, I just feel bad when they call and say, do you have this, this, and this? And I'm like, no, it's too early for that. Then I feel bad as, as a store that oh, I don't have that for them. I see where you're going Without here. pointing out to them, you're calling too darn early for that. Well, they're not calling early. They're getting information, but they want to control it right now or take care of it right now or oh, do something. They want to come pick one up or... Ten. Really? Yes, it's not about information. They want to come pick it up again and well, put this in the ground. All right, you're talking about planting something, Hydrangeas, right? arborvitaes, and it's like, isn't, uh, you know. You're, t- you're talking green side up, plants that people want to put in the ground right now? Yes. With all that tinted foliage? Yeah. Hey, okay, how do you handle this? I, I, I want to know. Let's say if I'm walking into your store, your, your wife's store right now, and I say, I want a hydrangea. I want a blue hydrangea because I saw that question that somebody asked Mike um, uh, about how to make the hydrangeas blue. I want to get one right now. W- what do you tell them? <laughs> See, that's just <laughs> At it. a point. No, no. What I, no, I just tell them it's too early. We don't even have that stuff out. It's still in the cold. Some of the stuff's still in the cold frames, you know. Yeah. Now, this it's, is where it's, it's we don't even want to bring it out because if you not only that, but if you remember that big episode we had coming up on a year ago about frost. Full moon, May. So why do you want to do all that right well, now? Well, this is a good thing. I'm glad you said that, but I don't think 90% of the people that are listening know or understand what a pot, what a uh uh, cold frame is now basically let's hit that a cold frame is where you put plants in to be protected from the elements that have things like leaves on them right now you look outside your yard right at the moment do you see any leaves do you see any buds opening up no but people are noticing that there's things called weeds that are coming up well chickweed clover things of that nature those are cool weather plants that are coming up and even if you wanted to the only way you could control those is to pull them out but if you're going to put something that has leafing to it, like a hydrangea, it's going to get killed. 
I mean, you're gonna, you might as well just put it in, a, you know, acid because it's not going to survive overnight in the in the weather that we have here right now. So what, what, what? Let's rehash a little something here. The threat or the threat of a Kelly frost is over when, Scott? After the last full moon in May. Damn, you're good. All right. Well, that's that's part of it. I mean, that's for frost or killing frost. Yeah. Now, mind you, if we have an average of 60 degrees and then we have one night it goes down to 32 and we have a, a either a heavy or a light snow, you know what I would say or tell anybody? Leave it alone. Don't worry about it. But that's with the plants that have already slowly started to pop out of the ground and show their leafing. And it's not full leaf luster yet. But when people are coming in, now, have you had anybody ask for any, you know, woody ornamentals like... Um, Holly or viburnum or even let's say ornamental trees have they that are fully out yet? Somebody did ask for a tree, but um, I mean we just literally unloaded them from the truck today. Okay, would you be able if you unloaded them from the truck? Would you be able to put that out in the ground right now? Is it were they fully leafed out or were they buds? No, were, no, no. It's okay, well then those buds at best. But in that case, if you're going to go over to a garden center and you see the trees that are outside. Then you can feel a little bit comfortable, but look to see if the buds are fully open. Usually when the buds are open, that means the flower is going to be coming out, and you want to slow that down. If they're outside in this cold weather, it's going to slow that down. If you put something out there now that has, let's say, the buds starting to crack open or are open, and you put it in your yard, guess what's going to happen? You're going to kill all the flower. Yep. And you're not going to get either fruit or ornamental or, or any, the benefit of that plant for this year. We live in zones four and five. This is the Midwest. We're in the upper Midwest. Uh, I'm just going to suggest if you want to plant anything, why not try grass seed? I know Slivy, the lawn service person, is going to say, you're nuts. You're crazy. No, there's been some people in for grass seed, but, you know, with the grass seed drought and the price increase. Price um, increase. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you take COVID. Lack of workers now. Yeah. They, also, they also had a bad seeding season last year. So the price of uh, grass seed has gone sky high. It's basically double what I remember. You're kidding. No, really? No, no. I haven't been up. It's double. Let's say, for instance, a uh, turf-type fescue blend, which was going for about $2.50 a pound. You're saying it's 5 bucks a pound now? Uh, five ninety nine. some of them. Yep. Okay, but that's about the only thing that I would recommend you put down this time of year right now. Yep. And if you're going to put it down, holy Moses, um, I'm going to strongly recommend, if you're worried about crabgrass, only worry about your crabgrass in sunny areas. If you've got a full sunlit area in your lawn, you can seed now. When the seed comes up or when it's germinated and you see all of it. Now, if you've got a blend, you've got a little bit of ryegrass, maybe a little bluegrass, maybe a little turf-type fescue. You put that down within uh, seven to ten days under normal conditions, I'll say five to seven, your ryegrass is going to start popping up. Within about uh, 12 to 14 days, you're going to see your turf-type fescue start to open up. Bluegrass takes about 21 to 30 days to open. So, yeah, you can put it down now, but I don't want you to put a pre-emergent crabgrass control down. The lawn services that are out there right now are putting that down on lawns that do not have any seeding. If you just seeded your lawn let's say within you know, Thanksgiving time or Halloween, somewhere like that, tell them to slow down on the, on the crabgrass control until you give them a call and you mowed that lawn at least two times. That's 
good. Now, see, we're slowing down. We're slowing not necessarily your lawn service service down, but we don't want that put down too quick. If they can, ask them if they can put down a pre-emergent, not a pre-emergent, a uh, starter fertilizer to help give it that stimulated growth. Then within about four to six weeks, you can have that crabgrass control put down afterward. So what I need you to do, I, yeah, I mean, need with, with my trademark. So yeah, um, let's count them. That was four. Chug. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I would like you to do is give. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a quick episode. Nothing heavy, but well, it's one of these. Yeah, just give us some some quick things to relax on, and some quick things that we can do right now for the people that do have cabin fever if you want to go out now see we've got people that are fundamentalists that believe in uh fundamentalists as far as gardening i'm not talking anybody's religion but uh as far as gardening uh the old style uh if you're a naturalist there's and fundamentalist a fundamentalist is somebody that's going to go out there rake out all their beds trim up all their you know dead foliage that's on there go get things all vacuumed to make the yard look like it's all ready and it's called spring cleaning for outdoors you can do that but i'm not going to recommend you don't you do that right now if you want to you can but do you know what you're you're doing when you're out there pruning let's say your paniculata hydrangea versus the uh, french hydrangea most people don't I mean, there are unique people that are out there that know what they're doing. On a French hydrangea, I don't want you to do any trimming until all the leaves are fully out. If we have a killing freeze or a frost, it's not going to stop the, the plant from blooming, but it is going to nip the tips of the uh, stems. All I'm going to ask you to do, if you're going to do anything, just give it a, a nip about two to three inches off of the top so that it allows the sap to flow upward, and it's not like a cork in a bottle. When it flows upward, it allows the leaves to open up and those buds to swell so that you can gain the benefit of the flower. Don't do anything too much. Now, on the paniculata, a paniculata is something along the lines of a uh, um, uh, the quick fires, uh, woody ornamentals, or the uh, limelights. Everybody used to, seems to like more, even the tree form hydrangeas. I am not going to say don't do anything, but you can. You can shape that up. Just don't do too much. Then, then let's say... Uh, uh, one third of the entire area one time. If it's a six foot tall bush, you could trim down two feet off of it and you're still going to gain the benefit of blooming. On those paniculatas, they produce flower on new growth, unlike the French hydrangea, which produces flower on the older, woody, woodier growth. And if you cut that away, you're cutting the flower away. So here's the thing I want you to do those are the fundamentals. Go trim those up if you want to. The paniculatas, not the French hydrangeas as much as, as people want to. They clean out the beds. They rake it out. If they want, they can put mulch in. That is something that's basically going to make the front yard look so pristine. Beep, 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 beep. Uh -oh, time out, time one. out, time out. We have a disagreement here. Okay, go. You're talking about people raking out leaves from the winter and all that stuff and clean. Um Aren't there some uh, little critters that are still harboring and uh, nestled in their beds under I your am, leaves? You are absolutely right. I, I am absolutely impressed. Ladies and, How did, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mike said I was right. Where, yes. I'm impressed. Look, I'm not going to deny you the benefit of being right. I'm not going to, because I'm not married to you. No. And that's okay. But anyhow, the, the, the scenario here is, is you are absolutely right. Now, these are not fundamentalists. These are naturalists. 
Okay, remember I said natural versus fundamentalist? I, I just want to know what to do. I'm All the right. weekend guy. Just tell me what to All do. Right, well, I'm going to tell you. Leave it alone. Bingo. Now, don't do anything to it. Now, Un why? Until. Until when, Scott? You... <laughs> We're quizzing. We're trying to top, top each other here. Until the temperatures are a steady 50? Or higher. Yes. Is that day or night? Daytime. Okay. And the reason why is because all those little critters are sleeping and they're using leaves and twigs and sticks and all that ground cover as a winter rusting bed. Yes. It's, did you know? They're hibernating bears that are little tiny. Until you see them flying around, I don't really want you to clean anything out. Just do what grandma and grandpa used to do. They watched what Mother Nature was basically telling us. Okay, it's time. Let's wake up. Let's get out. Yawn, stretch. You've seen and heard this, this, you know, uh, this music of, you know, with the bumblebee coming out, waking up, or oh, stretching, and, you know, the morning coming up, and you hear the birds singing and all this. Well, we live in the Midwest. When was the last time it went directly that direction? What we're doing right now is when you rake out the leaves, you are basically disturbing the hibernation point for these, these beneficial insects, as well as the pains in the butt, the, the damaging insects. Now, when you cut some of the, the, the reed, now a reed is a hollow stem of any type of a plant. Let's say you've got long stems right now and uh, viburnums. Well, those are going to be those are going to be hard, um, hollow ones. Let me say uh, like your 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 hostas, or even your daylilies, or things of this nature that are coming up as a perennial. They have a hollow stalk. Those hollow stalks are the, are where the the certain bumblebees and certain native bees from the, from the Midwest hibernate over the winter time. When you cut that down and throw it away, guess what you're doing? You're sending those guys out to the city dump. Wait until you see them starting to fly around. And, yeah, 50-degree temperatures are higher on a regular basis. And then go ahead and start trimming and cutting. You'll notice, even, have you ever been outside, Scott? When you, yes, you've been outside, I know. But have you ever been outside when you see a cluster of gnats flying around in front of your face? Yes. Those are called darts. And those darts are indicators. Those are things that basically lay their eggs into the buds of the apple trees or the peach trees or your fruit trees altogether. Now, that's when you could go ahead and start spraying. I would spray, for instance, if you are insistent on going out and taking care of your apple orchard, I would spray now for the first application with an all-weather um, or, excuse me, an all-season insect spray on your apple trees or your orchard trees, whatever they are, cherries, peaches, you name it. When the buds are still there, you're covering them with an oil spray, a dormant oil spray, and it's protecting them from those darts from landing or lighting and laying their eggs in it. Then the second time you spray it... I was going to say, isn't this uh, that chemical that we, you suggest to use three times a yes. year? Okay. Now, a chemical sounds awful, but this yeah. is basically a natural product, and it's a dormant oil spray. You, Grandpa used to put down what they call Volk oil spray, and that was put up by the Chevron Corporation eons ago. Mind you, Chevron, isn't that synonymous with oil? Well, all of the things that you're using right now, the fertilizers, the pesticides, the herbicides, those are all derivatives of oil. So expect those to go up too. But use them sparingly and use them f wisely. Follow the label always. But when it comes down to spraying your fruit trees, do it the first application now. The second application, when the bud starts to crack open and you see the color of the flower. And the third application is when the petals are falling to the ground. Now, why when the petals are falling to the ground? You put down an insecticide on that tree, 
A bee is an insect. A bee cross-pollinates all sorts of other things. When they're falling, the bees aren't going to be anywhere near there. You're not going to be spraying the honeybees or the native bees or the bumblebees or any kind, or even the butterflies or even some insects or moths, moths or uh, uh, honey, hummingbirds. They're not going to be affected by it. So there's one thing you could do now. If you've got fruit trees, spray them now. There's another thing you could do now. If you've got a woody ornamental hydrangea, you can go ahead and trim it now. Another one is roses. If you have roses, you can give them a haircut now. But then you said you didn't want people to go ahead and put mulch down or rake that out and start putting mulch in because you're going to be taking away the habitat for insects, right? Yeah. All right. Now, uh, I don't want every person to utilize what I'm saying and what you're saying as an excuse not to do a damn thing in your yard. Right, right. You could go out there and vacuum your yard. And how do you do that? You go over it with a lawnmower, even though you're not going to be cutting anything. Uh, vacuuming is basically taking all the dead that's sucked down on the ground. Some people or naturalists don't even recommend that because you're going to be raking or sucking up the insects, the beneficials that are in the ground. I don't think you are, but you might be running across something that I want you to look out for, and that's little bunny rabbit nests. When you're out there in a lawnmower, mm-hmm. check out the territory first. See if you see a little clump of something there. If you do, use your hand, move it aside. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Um, if you find little bunny rabbits in there, hold off on doing any trim, mowing right away or vacuuming until those little buddies are gone. Those bunnies are going to start to leave when you see Thumper coming out, and he's going to be the decoy. He's going to run somewhere else to take you away from that, that nest. Uh, something else. Now, you tell me if I'm allowed to do this at this time of year. All right. My ornamental grasses that I put in. Are there still insects harboring in there? Do I need to wait? If you've got the seed head that's still there, that's the hollow stock, Yeah, I would no. leave it alone. No, I just have the grass. You just the got fountain. the grass? If you've got the grass, take the yellow or brown or gold grass, give it a haircut, cut it down to about three to four inches in the ground and leave it alone. But if you still have the seed head on there, that's the hollow stock that I was talking about earlier. Right, right. That's where you're going to have bees that are going to be hibernating in there. Right. Or other beneficial insects. There's other things, too. Now, when you do the trimming too early, do you see this cluster of brown that looks ugly, kind of like it's uh, uh, almost like a wasp nest, but it's not. And you'll see it on trees. You'll see it on your rose bushes. You'll see it on all your woody ornamentals like your hydrangeas. Those are called egg masses for the praying mantis. You're going to get thousands of those critters coming out. Now, when you trim it, you're going to be taking them away. What is good about a praying mantis, Scott? They eat Really bad things. That's <laughs> right. I mean, no, it's they, not like they, they're doing they, acid turning on Hendrix. Uh, but the I mean, mosquitoes? Do they eat? What do they eat? I, dang, I was just reading about this. Um, but yeah, I don't remember off the top. They'll, they'll I, eat, I just know they're good. They're, they're, bene- they're what they call a beneficial insect. And they'll eat anything and everything. That's, they eat voraciously uh, aphids. Aphids. Okay. The, I mean, they're out there feasting on them. They found aphids, there, and usually it's the female that's going to be the bigger of the bunch. And, yeah, the male loses his head after we're mating. But, you know, it might be worth it to them. I'm not going to interfere with their own reproductive, whatever you want to call it. But they'll eat anything that is detrimental to uh, lawns, gardens, preferably vegetable gardens, ornamental gardens. Um, there are other beneficial insects when you rake up your, your, your flower beds right away. There's little itty-bitty wasps that are out there that are going after all sorts of uh, toxic insects. They even eat some mosses, not just the the, the wasp, but the uh, uh, praying mantis. Now, 
There's other ones that are out there, too. There's the lady beetle or ladybug that is a beneficial also. Now, they look like little dragons when they come out when they come out of an egg state. Their larval state, they've got this long tail, about three legs on each side of them, and a jaw that looks like it's going to cut you in half. Came from a bee horror flick in the 50s. Um, they are beneficial. They're going to eat anything and everything. that's going. They used to use them for um, um, cottony scale, which is an insect that used to devastate maple trees in northwest Ohio and southeast Michigan. They let them loose. They ate no more cottony scale. Green bug used to be a problem all over, especially on lawns about 45 years ago. Let the aphids, well, no, not the aphids, but the lady beetle go. They're gone. Those gals, are they, they're not all gals, but, you know, they call them lady beetles. They are probably one of the most prolific and beneficial insects that I can think of right now. And there's a number of them, more of them out there, but people just generally freak out when they see them. I mean, ants, they don't belong indoors. They belong outdoors. And bats are our friend, too. When you see those bats out flying around, then that's a comfortable time. That's usually when you see the insects flying around because that's where they're feeding. And they're, now you can rake. Now you can rake. That's the great indicator to tell you what to do, when to do it, and why to do it. One of the reasons why I'm talking about not jumping the gun too fast here is because the price of everything has Thank gone was way up. I mean, we talked about grass seed earlier, but I'm telling you, I mean, I'm literally playing in the computer adjusting prices on everything. It's crazy right now. So I don't want you to waste your money by going out and just, you know, spring fever, and then you regret it after the first frost is where I'm kind of going with this whole episode, you know. Just be smart about, you know, go ahead and buy stuff that you're going to use later, but don't. Well, now, I have a question. Your your wife's family store has a, has a sign. I was in there the other day. They have two signs, actually, uh, two doors in the back. Big white ones that say, ask someone who knows. Now, really, in this case, I think it's going to be really important and imperative that the customer does go and ask someone who does know what in the hell they're talking about. And that's why my phone never rings. Why your phone never <laughs> rings? As somebody who knows. Well, I'm just oh, messing with you. I, you, I, 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 you got me worried now. No, I mean, some of these, I don't want to name any stores, but usually the box stores will carry similar products, but they don't have people that know what they're backing up. Um some of them do because they've gone to seminars and they've read things. But career-wise, I mean, your wife's family's been in business since 52. I don't know what the math is. What is that, 68 years? Uh, that's a pretty long period of time. I'm more interested in you making sure that these people that are listening to this podcast aren't afraid to either contact you, Scott. I, I noticed that you even got on and answered a few questions on the mail. Yeah, I got brave. Yeah, you did well. I'm impressed. Mary, thanks, Mary. Oh, but. Houseplants episode. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, well, yeah, but then it came to the point where it was the how to water the succulents, right? Yeah. That's when you were asking, okay, yeah. Mary, Mary Michonne. But see, that was somebody who knows. And please, people, if you don't have anybody in the nearby neighborhoods other than a box store, contact your county extension. The extension does know what to do, when to do it, and why to do it. And it's your tax dollar that's in action right there. Don't be afraid to go ahead and, and, and call that number. You can look it up on, on Google. I'm sure they'll have it, whether you're, you know, in Indiana, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, even Pennsylvania. Whatever extension you have, it's in the county that you're in. Ask them what to do, when to do it, and why to do it. So our therapist, Mike, has 
relaxed us on the couch. I enough like this. You know, this dude, he brought this in. He's got a my, blue leather couch sofa that I'm just laying back on. Uh, you need your eyes checked because that is a green leather couch. Well, you got blue lights all over the place. That's true. I mean, a- anyway, yeah. So Mike literally is on a couch trying to calm us down. Yeah. Well, seriously, I mean, I'm glad you brought this up, Scott. I'm glad you contacted me and said, we got to do something. We got to slow people down. You really do. People do have spring fever. They want to get outside and do something. And I think some of it also has to do with COVID, where oh. with the the amount of material that was not available, that everybody jumps the gun to buy it. And that's fine, too. I, I know, I mean, we stocked pretty well. I mean, you know, but I get that. I'm just trying to keep people away from actually putting it into the ground and also... I mean, we we're afraid to bring stuff out yet. So and then, and then you, you then you feel bad as a store going like, oh well, I really well, even even help the, the independent stores like you know Black Diamond in, in Toledo, Ohio, your wife's company, um, they basically will not put anything outside unless they felt secure that it was going to be okay to drop them in the ground. Now that's a progression there. It's a gradual process. Unless you see something out in the in the, in the back lot already out, don't go to the box store and get it and put it in that's already fully out and drop it in the ground, because I guarantee we're going to get this is March, and even in the middle of April you'll get snow, and snow means it was 32 degrees at one time, and 32 degrees means that it's freezing. The air temperature is freezing, and when the air temperature freezes, it burns and kills the foliage on the plants that you just put in the ground. Boy, I was on a tangent there, wasn't I? Yeah. This was a nice tangent. It was, though. Do you have one last do or no do for us? You know, I'm going to think of that, and when I'm leaving, I'm going, damn, I should have told Scott. Wait, wait. I see the smoke coming out from each year. He's thinking it's it, what something's coming. Hang on. It did. It's, I'm going to explode with this. This I can't leave. I just he I thought knew, of something. I, I did. I did. It, well, not something. A multiple, multitude of things. But Ooh, these things are really, you know. My smoke detector is going to go off in a minute. Well, it's steam. It's steam. It's not smoke. Oh, it's will, steam. will it go okay. off of steam or no? No, no, no. We're safe. You got everything under the roof under here. I can't see the smoke detector. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I was about ready to leave the studio, and I thought of this. I knew I did. If you really, 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 absolutely, 100%, unadulteratedly have to decorate something outside as far as cool weather plant, you don't have to just stick with pansies. I mean, there's violas, which are a miniature variety of a pansy. Those are perennial. You can. What I'd like you to do, let me backtrack a little bit. I'd like you to take a container or a pot and then fill it with potting soil and then put these in there because you can move them around and you can decorate the front of the house. You'll be the only kid on the block with really cool-looking color. Now, for instance, pansies or violas, those are the small ones or the big ones. Those are cool-weather plants also. Stock is a good one. Primrose is a good one. These are all perennial flowers that'll, that love the cold weather. Um, is this are, like in the ground or is this in pots? This is in a container because ba- based out of the pot, yeah. Okay. Um, because in the ground, the ground's not warm enough yet. But I already said pansies, viola, stock, uh, yeah. primrose. Those are all pretty. The greenhouse grown, put them out in, in, in a container. Mix them up with things like lavender or chives or sage or mint. But the apple mint, the sage, the chives, the lavender, those are good fillers, beautiful fillers. They're going to give you the different hues, different colors, gray-green, blue-green. Um, but the, in conjunction with the colors that you're going to get from the stock, the pansy, or the primrose. There's another one, snapdragons, alyssum, 
sweet peas or asparagus fern, go ahead and put those in too. So you can have a montage of different types of containers all throughout the front yard, the backyard, whatever. They're cool weather plants, and they're definitely going to be able to, you know, even if it snows, it's not going to do anything to them. So, uh, I mean, a killing frost could, but that'll do anything to anything. But it, Snapdragons it, is interesting choice. That was, because I used to think that, well, I still do, but they're, they're going to love the heat of the day's sunlight. They recede themselves, they'll come back. Some people like to consider them to be a perennial annual. That's an oxymoron, but when they go to seed, they rebound. So does the alyssum. Have you ever seen that come back up in the cracks of your sidewalks or your, by your pool out and back? No, I have not. They, they come back. The sweet peas generally start from seed, but they're quick. And if you can start them indoors to where they start to grow and then put them into the container. I mean, we've this, here. what is this? This is March still. We've got a good two and a half months of cold weather. They're going to be out there. You want to have some essence of spring in the Midwest, go ahead and put it in. Now, for instance, the color snapdragons, alyssum. Alyssum comes in blue, purple, and I think pink and white. Uh, the sweet piece has a multitude of different colors. Asparagus fern's a good cascading uh, feathery effect. Snapdragons, my goodness, tall or small, it doesn't matter. But they're, they definitely will tolerate. They're toughies. They really are. The one annual, now I'm, I know I'm jumping a couple of months. Sure. That I know that doesn't handle any cold. They're kind of cool, but they don't like the cool, is Wishbone. They are terrible. Don't buy them. Why? I was going to say, why are you doing? I, I, I was like, well, why do we offer these? These don't hold up against the cold at all. Even, so even like May and June, those cooler evenings before, you know. They're just sissies. Oh, they're, yeah, they're terrible. Well, now, are you familiar with the Lenten Rose? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's now that's a cold weather plant. That's a perennial that blooms. You know, during the Lenten season, they grow after they've been in the ground a while. They come up, they bloom early, but then they're done. I mean, they're not going to really do too much of anything after the fact during the growing season. Nice-looking leaf or foliage, but it's a cool-weather plant that's going to give you the color and luster. But you're talking annuals. Yeah, I know. I, I mean— I kind of— Well, I, yeah. I kind of wedge something in there only because I know— the wishbones are terrible. The other thing that is an annual that most people, well, not an annual, we consider a perennial, it's called kale. You know, it's, it's decorative or ornamental kale because if you've got a sunlit area and you have cool weather, the more sun you have, the more color you're going to get or the more variegation of color you're going to get from it. And it, it, I, I am sincere in my recommendation on, try, on making sure, go out and get nice-looking containers because it's kind of like putting on a cool pair of slacks and then you fill in there, and you are really looking good. So if you got a good-looking container, you put your perennials and annuals in there, cool weather, your place is going to look really good. You don't want a wrinkled shirt with good-looking slacks. And you definitely don't want to do bow tie. <laughs> well, now, I hope that—now, I know I'm going to leave, and I'm gonna, uh, there's going to be something else also that's going to kick and hit me. But I can bring that up during our next time we do the recording, can't I? Yeah. All right. All right. I, I think what we've got here, cool weather. Let me go through the list one more time. Pansies, viola, small or large, stock, primrose, lavender, chives, sage, apple mint, or just regular mint. Spearmint also, the different hue, different color, filler. Snapdragons, alyssum, sweet peas, uh, seeds start indoors, and asparagus fern. I think we're pretty well hit there. If you need to do something outdoors. Otherwise, I say take the a few of the 70-degree days that we've hit already. Go take a walk with your kids or something. Have Enjoy some, it, yeah. Have some fun. Don't don't sit there and do the the uh, garden beds just yet. It, it's, it's way too early. 
It's way too, now I know, you know, we're in the business to make money to go ahead and feed our families and kids. If you're a reputable corporation like Black Diamond, you're out there for the customer. And if the customer is going to benefit, then everybody else within the, the business will too. Before we sign off here, uh, I want to thank everybody that has jumped on their favorite podcast player app and subscribed. Oh, yeah. Um, Exponentially, we've been starting to get a few, few listeners on there. Yeah, like uh, initial, as soon as it's released, it's automatically downloaded to your phone or what have you. And I, I can tell those numbers have dramatically gone up. So we want to thank everybody for hanging out with our jibber-jabber episodes. Did you notice, Scott, I didn't have any gum? Yes, I know. Scott was complaining for the first two years about Mike and his gum. But Mike didn't have any gum this time. And you know who Mike listened to? Not me. It wasn't you. It was a listener. <laughs> it was a listener. <laughs> a listener heard you chewing. You know, you don't listen to the professional me. It takes no, a he's listen. only done that for 40 years. Yeah, it's, a- it's just the customer goes, yeah, what are you always chewing? Is it cut? And I didn't answer the question and put that on the email or, or, or the websites. So, yeah, I, I haven't done it. How does it sound, Scott? You were very clean. Thank you. Now, that's technical talk for, hey, it was clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Having said that. All right, everybody. Uh, back to our regular episodes, I think, next week. Yes, we have herbs with Mary. Again, Mary's coming back to talk about herbs yes. in a different way. And it, let's just say I've been having tea with hibiscus leaves in it. Oh, it's supposed to help my heart. They're not hibiscus. They're hydrangea leaves. I thought they're hibiscus. Maybe it's, I'm wrong. It's hibiscus, dude. Because is I, it hibiscus? Yeah, it is. Anyways, yeah, Mary Michonne and the herbs right there, we're talking holistic more so than just pretty and something that you can put in your cooking. So why don't you... And then look. and then we have Don coming up talking about dahlias. D- yes. Oh, my gosh. We got a whole bunch coming up. And then we have Brian coming up talking about... Uh, horticulture high. Horticulture high. You got That's it. That's right. So well, we'll, and that we'll stands for you. high school. Oh, no. I was going to let them think about that. Oh, uh, oops. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Want to say goodnight? I do. I think we've teased them enough at the end to chat about nothing. Yeah, don't do too and, much of anything. And you know what? All this chatting about nothing is keeping them from going out into their garden and destroying Mother Nature's hibernation. Well, also, and I think they're going to reap the benefit from what they've done to hold back on. So enjoy your spring. Enjoy your yard. Just don't do anything too soon, too quick. All right. Say goodnight, Mike. Goodnight, Mike. Thanks for listening to Your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at Your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.